Coog's house. We finally have a full two deep depth chart for the first game of the first ever Houston Cougar Big 12 season. But I've got a handful of questions at least. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrew, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater who came to stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you listen to Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. And welcome back to the YouTube channel because it is so good to see you again. Uh, remember to hit subscribe down below. We're giving a giveaway at the hat just like i have on actually a brand new one uh to someone at 1500 subscribers so hit subscribe to help us get there and comment on the video to let us know you're in the contest we'd be happy to send that to someone who's liking and commenting now i will say if you get through this and you have no problems with the depth chart you have no questions with the depth chart or you just are tired of talking about the football depth chart rather talk about the volleyball or basketball or something else and like, i don't know what to comment on this video with tell us if you think of a muffin as a naked cupcake all right, so we're going to try some different visuals here on the YouTube side, but on the audio side, we're going to talk through all things Houston Cougar too deep because this is the first too deep depth chart. The first thing we're talking about some uh, people that are noticeably not on the depth chart. Second thing we're going to look at is uh, what the depth chart shows as faith that Dana Holgerson and staff have, and then questions I've got about the back half of the defense in general after looking at this and kind of what the thought process is, I'm going to talk through with you. You and I are going to sit down and talk, I guess, about like what the thought process there must be like. So first, let's pull up. All right. Now, as you can see here, if you're on the video side, if you're on the audio side, we'll talk through it. But it has a very standard basic. It's got three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back, so 11 personnel drawn up in the depth chart. It also has uh, – Exactly two guys per spot. There's no oars or anything like that. Dan Holgerson was apparently the only of the 14 Big 12 coaches uh, to not have any spot in his too deep that had an oar next to it. A lot of people had this guy or that guy and this guy or that guy. And, that. you know, there's something to be said about Dana being super, super decisive there. Uh, no no questions here. The starting offensive line, left tackle, Patrick Paul, left guard, Tyler Johnson, center, Jack Freeman, right guard, Tank Jenkins, right tackle, Ruben Unige, uh, receivers, Matthew Golden, Joseph Manjack, and Sam Brown. Uh, running back is Tony Mathis Jr., more on that in a second. Tight end is Michael Laughlin, Mike O'Laughlin, right, make sure I say that correctly and slowly. And then Donovan Smith is the quarterback Interestingly enough, oh, I should probably also go to defense. Defense, you have Nelson Caesar, Cedric Williams, Shadosi Nwankwo, and David Gwagbu. That's the starting defensive line. The two linebackers are Malik Robinson and Shamarcus Cheeks. And the five defensive backs in this 4-2-5 system are Alex Hogan, Malik Fleming, A.J. Halsey, Antonio Brooks, and Jalen Emery. Now, interestingly enough, and the place I want to start here is that there are no true freshmen on the two deep. Uh, we should point out that the backup center, Demetrius Hunter, Pancake Hunter, is a redshirt freshman. And to be fair, he's the 16th highest ranked recruit to ever commit to the University of Houston. And in a world where Jack Freeman is not a sixth-year player playing the starting center, it would not be unheard of for Demetrius Hunter to be starting this season. Uh, Demetrius can be a really great. Uh, Pancake can be a great football player. But I look at this depth chart, and I notice that there are no true freshmen 
even though Houston had, relative to previous iterations of Houston recruiting classes, one of their best, 2023 was one of their best years ever. Four of the 21 best recruits in school history all were in the 2023 class. 11 of the 100 best recruits in school history since they've been ranking recruits, I guess just preface all that with. 11 of the top 100 are in the 2023 class, and all 17 freshmen are in the top 125 recruits to ever commit and come to the University of Houston to play football. And so I look at this, and I'm like, huh, what is going on? Where are the wideouts? Where are all those guys? Um, I have to say that this is kind of where I, I take what Dana said in the media availability on Monday, August 28th somewhat, and I understand like where he's coming from in this. It is game one. This is, as he said, flexible, and there could be changes throughout the season. Um, and I, I think that freshmen moving into this too deep are probably the first set of changes you're going to see. Um, he notably has Peyton Sawyer as a senior backup, a receiver behind Matthew Golden. Um, now, Peyton is a great football player, and I love him as the kicker and punt returner. He's listed as the backup in both those spots as well. But with important players playing the, you know, the starting position, including Matthew Goldman, the first kickoff returner, um, I feel like the deal there is, A, two guys playing the kickoff returner, I guess we should point out. But also, that's a potential big hit scenario. You might not want to get Matthew Golden dinged up. And I can see how you might put uh, you know, someone in that spot like Peyton Sawyer. I, then, I, I wanted to play that, that's what I'm getting at. What I think is interesting is I don't know that I'd have him as my number two receiver um, or my second line receiver there. I think that's the first spot you're going to see a freshman come for. And I think that freshman is Ma- uh, Michaela Harrison Pilot. MHP is one of the highest ranked recruits ever commit to University of Houston as an overall athlete. His most natural position will be wide receiver, although he could play some safety, could play some running back, could play whatever you want him to play. His most natural position is get him the ball in space and let him out-athlete everyone on the football field because he does that really, really really well and so i i love his route running he's in and out of breaks like super smooth without slowing down um i imagine that's where you first see a freshman jump in but don't be surprised if it's parker jenkins the running back room uh the parker jenkins got a shout out and not like a shout out but i got mentioned by name by dana at the media availability on monday he is not listed as either the first or second running back uh tony mathis is the starter he's a transfer from west virginia Stacy Sneed is the official backup. We saw Stacy last year. Uh, Brandon Campbell got mentioned by name, and Parker Jenkins got mentioned by name as well. So I imagine what you're looking at here is and the classic running back committee, like we've talked about. You and I mentioned that several times. But who falls where in line there? You know, is that a spot where Parker jumps up the spots and gets some freshman love in that instance? We shall see. Um, but I just think it's interesting to look at one of the best recruiting classes, and frankly. The overall best receiving core that Houston's ever pulled in in a single recruiting class. Like, obviously, Matthew Golden the year before, super strong wide receiver. Houston's had a strong receiver, like one at a time, several times. But on the whole class, whether it's Jonah Wilson or Michael Harrison Pilot, this is the most overall strength they've had at that position to come in. And then I think it speaks to the depth of the position that Houston has right now that none of those guys are listening to too deep. I mean, Sam Brown, Boogie Johnson. Uh, Josh Combs, Joseph Manjack, those are all big, grown men playing football. I mean, Manjack and Combs are both listed at over 6'3 and over 200 pounds. Those are big, strong receivers. Like I see using some and almost like an H-back and some of the stuff. Iman Yagavi wants to do in the run game. And so I think that's interesting to see that all these talented receivers are not in the too deep. What you could see, honestly, is like 
they may test the waters on how long can they go without needing Mikhail Harrison pilot. Do you give he and Jonah Wilson, do, do you give them a red shirt, right? Do you give them something to maybe elongate their career that way they don't have to overlap and like compete for, you know, compete for plays with Matthew Golden or compete for, uh, you know, catch numbers with Joseph Manjack. You only get so many passes per game, right? And so I could see how maybe that's the theory right now. I have a fairly, fairly solid core wide receiver. However, outside of Peyton Sawyer, I guess Josh Cobbs is a transfer as a junior, but everyone else in the wide receivers to date, they listed as a sophomore from an eligibility standpoint. And so I do think that that's interesting to see with so many freshmen, so many uh, sophomores, like the battle happening in that position group will be fascinating. I do think freshman breakthrough. I only, only reason I don't see Miguel Harrison pilot playing this season, if they think they can redshirt him and get some more time out of him. Right. I don't know that that's what I would do, but that could be the explanation as to what's going on here. And there's a couple other, things to look at um i i should i should open up with and talk through like what i think is going to happen at uh with all the other new names because there are a lot of names that aren't freshmen on this list and i think that it says a lot about what houston's doing and that they have so many freshmen or so many non-freshmen new faces on this too deep but first i do think we need to take a pause and take a minute to talk about our friends at BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've benefited from therapy or anything like that, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, now, I have to say that BetterHelp is a great online resource for so many people looking for so much help in the chaotic world surrounding us. Um, so many things going on all over the place, uh, whether I'm not going to get everything going on in the last 72 hours, but it's a crazy time to be in the world. And if you need help dealing with it, make sure you talk to the folks at BetterHelp. They're here to help you. Now, if you're thinking about starting therapy, make sure you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege. Get 10% off the first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnCollege today. BetterHelp. All right, I said in the second segment, I'm going to talk some about what it looks like to have um, all these new faces that are not freshmen on the two deep. Because, frankly, we should point out that like while there are no freshmen no true freshmen on the two deep. There are a lot of guys' names that were not on the roster last season. There are eight second string starters, uh, three starters on defense, uh, eight second string Cougars, three starters on defense, and three starters on offense, plus guys like Joseph Manjack, who transferred in a year ago but got hurt and didn't play much of last season, or Lake Robinson from UNC, and so on, right? Um, only 10 players in the entire two deep came to Houston out of high school, right? There are 24 total transfers, 10 guys that went to junior college. And I think what's interesting in looking at that is as strong as the numbers indicate Dana Holgerson has been recruiting, I feel like on the message boards and the, the, the Twitters and the X's and the threads and the I'm on blue sky and all those different things, you see people get all kinds of different kinds of ways about talking about recruiting. And, you know, when you're not getting every single five-star out of the city of Houston, they feel like there's some problem with recruiting. But really, on the whole, when you look at it, 
Dana Holgerson's numbers stack up as well or better than anyone that's ever coached at Houston in terms of recruiting the like the area, the state, the city, etc. If you look across the same twenty four seven list that has all of the top one hundred recruits etc. that have ever come to the University of Houston, most of them have come in the Dana Holgerson window of recruiting. Now, there's all kinds of explanations to that. I'm sure part of that is the Big 12 bump we're feeling right now. Part of that is honestly the excitement around the program. And part of that is if you're an offensive football player, why would you not want to play for an offensive mind like Dana Holgerson, right? Those kinds of things make a ton of sense. What I think is interesting is that even with that, they're looking at the entire landscape. And I I think that's an interesting move because, A, we've talked for a while that – Folks like our buddies at FanDuel that we're going to talk about in a moment or whomever all are kind of down on the Houston Cougars as far as the win-loss total, their outlook in the Big 12, where they'll place, where they'll seed, etc. You and I both know that's pock but I will say is when I look at this, I, I feel like the issue there is exacerbated because they haven't put together exactly how much talent we're looking at here on this roster, right? Looking at A.J. Halsey at safety, right, or uh, David Gwegbu at uh, defensive end or Donovan Smith at quarterback or Michael Laughlin at tight end or, uh, you know, uh, Stefan Boogie Johnson coming into the backup receiver. Like those kinds of guys are all hyper talented. I mean, Boogie's got some of the best feet in college football, some great speed after he makes little shake moves too. actually takes off down the sideline, but I digress. What I think it's interesting in looking at that is they looked at last year's roster especially at the defense. And we're like, listen, if we're going to play Big 12 football, we need guys that are ready to play Big 12 football right now. And they had a great 2023 recruiting class. I mentioned that in the first segment. But freshmen have harder times playing, especially at non-skill positions. You, you might have noticed the guys I think that will break through and play as true freshmen are receivers and running backs because it's the easiest position to pick up as true freshmen. Defenses, hyper complicated line play you got to be a big grown man right you got to be a lot bigger and stronger than your typical high school senior is and it's hard to do that by the time you show up as true freshman um same with tight end play quarterbacks all the cerebral side of things but i do look at the guys they brought in and say man those guys are ready to play right i mentioned a guagbu a guagbu could very well be like the sack leader on sack avenue he could also for what it's worth like be in the running. He and Nelson Caesar both, depending on how you block this Houston Cougar front, could honestly make a real push to like lead the Big 12. I mean, those guys have speed, speed. Webboom has played the Big 12 level before and was a great energy pass rushing. Uh, like he, he wasn't a great coverage linebacker. They tried to play him more like a Mike spot at Oklahoma. But when it came down to blitzing after the quarterback, Webboom was great. And he's up to 6'4, 250. I'm taking my chances there, right? Like those are the kinds of guys that they have built up here. And I think it's interesting that after talking about like, man, I feel like we're getting, under, you know, overlooked all summer and overlooked all off season. And why aren't people respecting the Cougs? I look at this two team. It's like, Oh, because so many of these names are new that unless you were following Houston Cougars as closely as you and I have for the last, I don't know, nine months, eight months, you might not realize exactly what the talent level looks like on this roster right you might not know that you're looking at malik fleming coming in as a uh east east carolina all-american athletic conference performer coming into the big 12 i mean the all-american athletic conference has had its fair share of corners go to the nfl we saw some from houston we played against some in cincinnati like we know those guys can be top tier talents in the nfl malik fleming was an all-conference guy in a conference playing corner 
Now he's on our side, right? So like those kinds of guys, I think just aren't getting looked at as Houston Cougars because not enough people thought it worth paying. Like they're not the flashing names, right? They got Donovan Smith at quarterback who some people would argue, you know, didn't get a, I would argue didn't get a fair shake at Texas tech, but some people might argue didn't get to win that competition to Texas tech. Again, I, I love running quarterbacks. I'd say he didn't get a fair shake. Maybe we have that conversation at the end of the year when Houston's beating Texas Tech in the conference championship game or whatever. But I I think that that's where this comes from, and it just became so clear in looking at this. Now, what does it tell me about the Cougs and the staff and those kinds of things? They, A, like I mentioned earlier, understood the assignments that we got to get guys ready to play Big 12 football. And B, they feel like they've got the right guys, right? You wouldn't be rolling out here with a bunch of transfer in, you know, not a lot of development happening with a transfer senior, right? This is a guy coming in to play and win now, right? And so I think that that's the, I mean, this team is ready to win. This isn't a development project. This isn't, you know, it's not the pros. You don't get a first round draft pick for sucking, right? This is not that kind of a program. This is not that kind of a game. And so I think that that's where they're going to go with this. I am in encouraged and enthused by it i think there are some people that you know are going to find ways to pull negatives because that's the way it message boards aren't full of happy people when you look at college football and message boards those aren't full of happy people talking good about programs that's not i you can go to an alabama message board and they're talking about firing nick saban because he's not ready for the nil era you can go to a georgia message board and they're talking about firing kirby smart two years ago because he can't be nick saban right those kinds of things happen right as far as what i see in this actual ross's actual football program I think this indicates steps in the right direction. And when guys are start making plays that you didn't necessarily know the names of a few months ago, it's okay. If you're a Houston Cougar, we love you anyway. We're not going to be mad at you. Just remember that it's not about the guys they played last season, not the guy, about the guys that were on the roster last season. So the guys playing right now. And I think they had a good set of guys under their Belt. Now, in the third set, I'm going to talk about some surprises I did see in the back half, even with all those new names. Um, but first, we're going to talk about our buddies at FanDuel. And that's because FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And if you are trying to get ready for the NFL season, you got to check out the incredible offers at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can, get, can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. That is so easy to use. You can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So when I go there right now, I go check on the, I guess I'm about to say Houston Cougars, the Houston Texans, however. And when I check out the Houston Texans, they've got them as 10-point dogs at Ravens. Now listen. I understand the Ravens are good. It's week one, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, you're telling me you're going to have CJ Stroud throwing guys like Tank Dell? I'm good there with Tank. I'm trusting Tank. I trust Tank the last couple of seasons. I'm trusting him going forward. I'm telling you, he's going to keep that game a lot closer than 10 points. I'm telling you, you need to go do it at FanDuel.com. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, an official sports partner of the NF. L. All right, so in the third segment, I mentioned that there were some surprises to me in the back half of the defense. None bigger than actually in the linebackers. But I don't want to think of linebackers in the back half as often. But this particular guy does play a lot of back half football. So San Hippolyte, who is a team captain, two-time team captain, 
is listed as the backup Will linebacker to Malik Robinson, uh, the Mike linebacker to Marcus Cheeks, backed up by Jamal Morris. Um, now, Hip, you'll remember, did ask the coaching staff last spring, I guess it was more like January, February, said at media days, to move from safe from boundary safety to linebacker. And when, when I got to ask him a question at media days, I asked him the move was going, and he said it felt natural. He loves being close to line of scrimmage. He's already an aggressive football player. Frankly, I would I would second that. He is a great downhill tackler, um, and that was really what he's best at at safety. So theoretically, moving into the box would mean more opportunities for that. However, I did not anticipate that that was also going to be a move where he ended up backing up somebody in the box. Now, these are not set in stone. These are not forever. This could very well be something that Hip does in the short term, and then in the long term, he moves into more of a starting role, let's say by the TCU game or maybe by the same Houston State game, and continues to develop and grow into a new position, right? And maybe ends up being a pro linebacker. That's that's totally understandable, not out of the realm of possibility. He did have to put on some good weight to move in this position. He could be getting used to his body, etc. I don't think this is an indictment. I actually kind of think it might be the opposite. How many two-time team captains would voluntarily fall on the grenade of sorts like this and move into a position that they have to completely new, uh, completely learn anew and may have to play backup snaps in, right? That is, I think, is worth mentioning and that's worth t- touting. And frankly, that tells you a lot about the blue-collar worker as he coined the phrase at media days that tells you a lot about the blue collar work that son hip light is i'm not worried about hip i know he can play football and frankly we've seen how football goes everyone's a shoelace breakaway right it just takes one snap to have somebody in the next play who knows where hip ends up playing by the end of the season but they also in the secondary surrounding him you and i both talked um about alex hogan being a corner after watching him play so well last year In watching the UTSA game, frankly, from last year and getting ready for UTSA this Saturday, Alex Hogan made some really great plays at true outside corner in that uh, defense a year ago before ultimately getting hurt and missing most of the season. They got him listed at the first overall nickel corner, the nickelback, which is no pun intended that it's a bad band. Don't know nickelback. We're going to say nickel corner. Um, But interestingly enough, that was not a move I saw making. They have Malik Fleming playing a corner. And if anything, I might have had those flipped based on what I've seen Malik do at East Carolina and what I've seen Alex do at Houston. Jalen Emery is playing the other corner. I might have picked Isaiah Hamilton um, based on what I'm hearing, but I think it looks like like several spots here. Houston went with a guy that they knew and trusted when it was kind of a coin toss situation. They're both going to play, folks. I'm not... uh, Isaiah is going to be a fun guy to watch and root for. Jalen Emery's been here a while. He's also going to be a fun guy to cheer and root for. AJ Halsey, I knew would be a starting safety. He is an impact player. He is someone to watch for for being an all Big 12 caliber player. I kind of thought he'd be the boundary safety because of how great a tackler he is. And you kind of you thought you might want that on the short side of the field where you have less bodies. You want a better tackler because there are less bodies over there to make said tackles. It would make sense, theoretically, you'd think. However, they've got him playing free safety. Um, now, he's got, I believe, the speed to do it. He had six foot 215 as a big, big free safety. And I kind of want to know what Doug Belk is going to do with the free safety with one of his better tacklers playing it. However, there's some school of thought, I guess, that like 
if your free safety is the last line of defense between that guy and the end zone, you want to make sure they get to tackle them, right? So maybe that's the thought process. Maybe it is that simple. Jawan Gaston is backing him up, and that's kind of the guy I thought might start at free safety. Uh, Jawan Gaston has free safety, big 12 free safety caliber speed. You'll remember we talked about Jawan a couple times because I'm excited about him. I thought he'd be a key player in special teams too. He's not listening to too deep, but again, he's done it. I could see him working his way into it. Uh, Juwan was originally committed to be a corner and punt returner out of college to Auburn. Things went awry. He ended up going the junior college route, and he is now a backup free safety. I don't know. Again, if, if A.J. Halsey gets moved to a other safety spot, you could see Gas moving in the starting spot pretty quickly. And frankly, I could see them rotating through and seeing boasting action there as well. I'm not too terribly worried about it. That does make Antonio Brooks the boundary safety Um Antonio Brooks, the guy I didn't necessarily have in my starting lineup, but I also, and talking people, talking with people about it since this went published, um, I, I will point out that they all had glowing things about his camp and how well he's done. So shout out to Antonio on that. That's a good, good sign. Um, we'll see how those kinds of things go. I, I have to say that the secondary, I think, needed all of the turnover and all of the new names. Um as much fun as it was to root for those guys last year. Um, and Javarius Owens is a pro from last year's group. Um, it It is, I think, suffice to say that like that was the weak link of the defense last year, right? When you look at the defense last year, they gave up a lot of yards to the air. It's basically whenever the Houston couldn't get pressure with four, they had problems. And Sack Ave gets pressure with four often. So again, they were okay more often than not. But the reason they were eight and five and not more like, 10 and three or whatever or it comes down to some one score games and those one score games, those two score games, never mind the SMU game come down to like not having great back half the defense. That's why you see so many new names on this defense. And I'm interested to see how these parts or what Doug Belka is doing and putting these parts together. I'm not one to say like, I'm not smarter than or anything like that. It's just not necessarily what I would have intuitively thought. And he's, breaking down the tape on these guys each day. So I'm interested to see what he sees in these guys playing out on Saturday. Now, that's what I think about the depth chart. But if you've got thoughts about the depth chart, be sure to hit me up at Painsworth 512 P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, whatever your social media handle of choice is, I am at Painsworth 512. One, two, be happy to talk all things Cougs, Rockets, Astros. Astros won a fun one last night, actually, with uh, in, in Boston. I thought that the Mets were going to beat the Rangers, too. I, I digress. We can talk all things Houston sports at Painsworth 512. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Cougs today as your first listen. For a second listen, I'm going like, to re- recommend that you go listen to Locked on Texans and then talking about our boy Tank Dell and what's going to come through for the Texans this season. Exciting times over there. For sure. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Locked on Cougs Day. Locked on Cougs, a private Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.